It's Two Jerks, One Vote, with Jerkatorium reviewing the Liquid Starshine song fight, and we have a very special guest joining us. It's Paco Del Stinko. Hi, I'm Chumpy, and this is the Jerk. Hi. Now here's how this thing works. We've won some fights enough that we think we know our stuff. We'll listen to your submission, subjected to our praise and our derision. I know that sounds unfair, but you're not obliged to care. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight, and yes, I'm talking to you. Yeah, you're gonna lose this song fight. Deep down inside, you know that it's true. Most of these bands are gonna lose when the song fight is done. And I need to jump in here right off and make a quick comment and an apology. Paco's microphone decided it wasn't compatible with Skype somehow, so he ended up having to telephone into the podcast. And as a result, the sound quality for his voice varies from bad to completely unintelligible, and it gets much, much worse about halfway through the recording. I did what I could to mitigate that with the editing after the fact, but it's still going to be bad. So uh, just wanted to give you fair warning about that. I apologize about that, but it's much, much better to have a poor quality recording of Paco than to have no Paco at all. So again, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. Now let's move on to the podcast. All right. We have been out of the podcast business for a while. And um, I blame Chumpy's recent gainful employment. And I must say, I think it's pretty inconsiderate for you to have success and satisfaction in your career at the expense of a podcast that nobody listens to or cares about. I mean, how could you? I'm a terrible, terrible person. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So we've skipped a, a bunch of these and I know in the past we've kind of gone and done these sprints through them, but I, it would just take too long at this point. We've missed so many. I did make notes for a lot of them. I'll probably go back very long after the fact, add those if I can locate them and have the time to do that. But yeah, for right now, we're just going to move forward onto the Liquid Starshine song fight. Liquid Starshine, send me a song. Yeah. All right, and for this podcast, we have a guest. Woohoo! Yeah, it's Paco Del Stinko, and he has been competing in song fights since 2006 with 233 song fight entries as Paco Del Stinko, with 12 wins to his name. He is a good four songs ahead of Berkeley Social Scene's total songs. But in addition to that, he has like eight or nine collaboration entries with Billy's Little Trip and three as Odoriferous Valley with Glenny. He's competed in 10 different Nurines, winning six different rounds, I think, and winning Nurines six. And I recently went back and listened to a bunch of that stuff, and it's amazing. And Paco Del Stinko recorded the iconic Nurine theme for the listening party, too, which is also brilliant and epic. He did a wonderful cover of Butterfly Massacre by Fluxum Florvum. He did a fabulous theme song for Sock Puppet. 
He did seven great submissions to the random cover challenge, including suspiciously a Billy's Little Trip cover. He has great, great submissions to way too many side fights, including like a Pixies cover and tribute covers of Carpenters and David Bowie and Ramones songs, gifts of music, tons and tons more. And, you know, if like 275 to 300 original Paco Del Stinko songs isn't enough for you, and of course it isn't, that's why you also have to go to YouTube and type Paco Del Stinko into the search field and then enjoy videos for his songs Kim Deal and Watertight and His Last Few Days and his guitar work on Under Over. So welcome to Two Jerks, One Vote, Paco Del Stinko. Wow, guys, that's incredible. How are you doing? I'm glad to be here. Thrilled to have you on. Uh, really, uh, really glad. Ryan really does his that, homework for these things. I yeah. can tell, man. I was like, I think the first editing you, you got to do is uh, whittle that uh, intro down. I like, <laughs> just this edit that. Doing, <laughs> I don't know what 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 did I miss? Did I did I miss other stuff? There was a collaboration with Lunkhead relatively recently. Uh, I I don't even remember. There was there's a lot of people I submitted uh, under aliases. I can't even remember them all. But it's been a long time for that and. Uh, I was just thinking about Auntie M tonight. You remember her? And I was saying, I did something with her and Johnny Cashpoint. No idea what it is. It's out there somewhere. I don't know. So anyway, that's great. Wow. That's, that's a wonderful introduction. I'm, uh, I'm feeling like I'm being roasted or something. That's what it put me in the cart and dragged me out to the woods, you know. <laughs> Soon. No, uh, actually, uh, you know, looking into a bunch of that stuff, a lot of those side fights are gone. A lot of that stuff, the, all of those uh, links don't work anymore. All of Nivius's links don't work anymore. All of Johnny Cashpoint's links don't work anymore. The stuff that Mike Lamb and Jack hosted, all of that's gone. So I know that like Lunkhead is really busy fixing typos, but uh, <laughs> uh, in the meantime, all of this music is disappearing. Having said that, I'm not going to do anything about it. I don't know anything about computers, but it's a shame. Oh, good God, no. I barely got this phone dialed. You kidding me? I didn't do any of that stuff. <laughs> so, <laughs> Fluffy has a tremendous archive of song fight material. Uh, I bet you if we were to bother her a lot, she might be interested in kind of fixing some of those broken links with links to her stuff. That'd be cool. That would be cool. Somewhere in there, they uh, years ago, I couldn't believe they did this for me, it was a Schwaro del Stinko. And that was a big thing for me because I heard my songs done by people with better skills and talent. And I was like, man, some of these are pretty good songs. <laughs> they sound better by this guy. You know, Gene Farrell, uh, the Berkeley Boys did all that stuff. Amazing, amazing. Huh? We'll have to look that up. Do you know, are those are those links still working or would you probably just downloaded that stuff anyway? Well, King Arthur was in charge of the uh, Schwaro archives for a while and he's, I haven't seen him around in years. Okay. So it was under the Schwaro I know he had the files, but I don't know if he had a, ever put them up. I don't think they're there. Mm-hmm. I have them somewhere. If uh, someone ever did this, I can uh, produce them, you know. But uh, what an honor that is. Jeez, you guys are worthy one too. So, Paco, when you first started out, I bet you didn't play drums and bass and theremin and keys and all the things that you play <laughs> now. Like, how did you learn all that stuff? I guess just pick it up and do it, you know. I've never been a great one to practice. I just, I love playing. I'm old enough now where, you know, I've been playing some things long enough and they come out pretty good. Drum's not one of them. 
think drums and vocals are a couple things I probably should have no business doing, but I do them anyway, so too bad, you know, uh, just because they're so fun to do, I guess. Uh, cool. Picking them up, you know, when I was able to have a drum set permanently in my house, you know, that, that was a big step, and it wasn't until I was older. Born in an apartment trying to bang out drums on the keyboard, you know, yeah. the drum machine, et cetera, et cetera. So you have a mic'd up drum set in your home, like ready to go. I do. My studio is ridiculous. I'm fortunate to have it, number one, I got to tell you that. But it's like you have to lower me in over the top, almost like I'm going into the space capsule. There's zero room in there. Uh, sometimes if I lean too far back in my chair, I get a symbol in my neck. But everything's in there, you know. They get the cars and the amps and the you know keyboards and the effects pedals up to the ceiling. That's uh, a little bubble of creativity. You know. Guitars, guitars, too many guitars. <laughs> but I pick, you know, you pick it up as a go, uh, time goes on. The theremin I bumped into and I've had news occasionally. And, uh, I began the drums of the situation. It's like I, I'm fortunate to have it, even if I can't play well. They sound great, I think. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just like the organicness of them. And once in a while, I get a, a loosey-goosey vibe going that sounds like, yeah, that's no bad drumming, but uh, but still, see, I hear doing it and having it sound organic and things like that that uh, I try to do. Uh, something like that. I don't know, I'm rambling off on a tangent here. You like uh, the sound of a guitar amplifier, too. You like to mic amplifiers and not do the emulations or the in-the-box sort of guitar sounds, right? I do do that, although recently I've been doing, like, direct like a direct box and that's uh that's a whole different thing if you can tweak it uh sometimes you can't even tell the difference i do love the sound you know you get some air in there and you know i don't want to be all snobby about it because there's some <laughs> great sound of guitar stuff out there but uh i don't know it just, maybe it just feels different or something you know it's almost like you can if you're playing loud enough you know feel your hair blowing back but uh that's i think there's something a little more organic about it you know that software and Stuff out there. It's amazing, really. It's crazy what they can do. They can do it. You guys, everyone can do it. There is something a little bit more direct about, you know, just playing the guitar and then tweaking a little knob and then, you know, just to get it exactly sounding exactly the way that you want. But really, what's wrong with that, too? You know, you're, it's your medium, you know, your paintbrush or something like that. And you're producing the colors that, or textures or precise rhythmic happenings you know uh by whatever tools are available to you oh absolutely i mean i really respect the amount of work that you do that's very organic and everything but i can't be bothered oh. man it's like the uh <laughs> you know technology has caught up to my incompetence and i take full advantage of all mm. of that so everything that we do is fake except for i mean there's the guitars and and stuff like that but uh i go in and I just type stuff into the piano roll, man. Can't be bothered to do <laughs> the actual work like you do, the sucker. No, so. no, that is work, and it sounds great when it's done, too. You know, I spend a lot of years programming drum machines. I get, you know, the time hunched over, beep, boop, boop, and the colored lights going by and the whole thing. And, then, you know, when you hit go at the end, that's great. You know, you put it together, you build it, you compose it. It's whatever you got to do, you know. Yeah. If you can mix it all up, do if you're just a guy with a laptop stretching out samples, well, that's something, you know. Yeah. And I'm not not yet. Yeah, but there's plenty of stuff that you can do on real drums that you can't do on a drum machine, and that gets noticed. And I admire that and uh, envy that as much as yeah. I like Kyle. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all sounds good, man. It's all yeah. fun. I love doing it. You know, if there wasn't a song for it, I'd just be doing it for fewer people. Me. You know? 
<laughs> Paco, was there a Nur Ein round? And I seem to remember that the challenge was something like intentional mistake or like you left something kind of not good into the song and it still worked out anyway. I seem to remember that you did the entire recording, like old school four track style. Do, oh, do you remember that song? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. I love that song. Yeah, that it, turned out to be me. one of the best ones of that neuron. I really dug that song. Well, thank you. That's, that means a lot to me. I, I remember doing, I wanted it to sound like it was a mono garage recording. Yeah. And I uh, took like the dynamic microphone and put it so I had this one of those old wooden crate amplifier solid state thing and used that as a PA. And then recorded the PA, you know, so it sounded like you were rocking out in Dad's garage when he's got the car out for a drive or something. And, uh, yeah, I really think that. I was I was listening to or inspired by uh, The Mummies, if you've ever heard those guys, really. They're like a uh, 60s garage band? <laughs> well, except they came out in, like, the 90s, and oh, they were okay. all dressed as mummies. <laughs> and they just <laughs> look them up. They're great. You know, it's good fun. But, yeah, thank you. That was uh, fun. I remember trying to do that. You know, like we used to record, hang a boombox off the ceiling, and we'd jam Black Sabbath in this guy's cellar or whatever, you know. That type thing, the compressed condenser mic sound or something. Nice. Something like that. Yeah. Love that stuff. All right, Ryan, you got any more questions before we push on? I could go through the typical, the big one that we always do, the, the how did you find song fight sort of thing. I know that you've been at it for longer than a lot of our listeners and uh, and us, certainly. But yeah, so how, how did you come to it? This is a, I'll, I know this story, I, uh, and I can I think I can whittle it down pretty good. It's uh, I went to college for a little bit in the 90s, a couple of years I had to leave. Da, da, da. And uh, I had a music class where we composed a song for the class and the teacher would perform it or you perform it the teacher. And I titled mine, it was called Hounded by a Duck in C-Shop Minor. I don't know what it means. But later that night, I was lying in bed thinking about all the other students' songs, and I started assigning them titles, and I was pissing myself laughing. So I got up and wrote down all the titles, eventually wrote songs to the titles. I started doing this for years, so I have notebooks full of titles, writing the songs to them later. You know, I'd have 10 ready to go, and everything, da 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 Eventually, you know, fast forward, I'm on the computer now, and I saw something that was album a day, I think, was the first thing I bumped into. This is still when you had to dial up on AOL. Someone mentioned song fights, so then I went and checked it out. I said, oh, my God, there's a place, you know, that puts the titles up, and I got to write the song. I've been doing this for years, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, come on. This is, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in heaven. I'm home, you know. <laughs> and I listened, and I wrote songs, and it was three or four that uh, I never submitted. And finally, I put one in, you know, and I thought it was good enough to go. And it was it was okay. You know, it had this very theatrical look. Anyway, I found it through that. You know, that started off with writing titles, and then I bumped into a site that writes titles. Perfect. You know, cool. I can't leave. I'm not allowed to or something. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, we finally met yeah. somebody who didn't get into it through MC Front a lot. Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> who? MC who a lot? <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. It looks like uh, there's something about JB having a beef with me on the board. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, I saw We've that. Got a beef. I'm preparing a diss track. I was like, okay. I think that was manufactured to bring some sort of a uh, a narrative a line to the 20th anniversary. You know, whatever is happening for that. So yeah, yeah. yeah. There's a bit I'm of the... WWW going on, or the what is it? The WWE. Yeah, yeah. 
Well, it's funny. The other night in the middle of doing my uh, uh, the song that's up now, what the hell, I can't remember what it's called. I stopped. I said, I got an idea for a beef. So I came up with like, this like metal riff. And I put down a couple beats. It was like a, like a minute ten. I said, now it's ready to go. If something pops up, I'm going to give him some instant beef. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay, guys. Should we, should we move on mind. to the review? Okay. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the songs. The first act, I think it's pronounced Thou House, and it rhymes with Bauhaus. Yeah, exactly. I, I have a Chihuahua, so at first glance, I wanted this name to be a Chihuahua pun, but instead it's a Bauhaus pun. And, uh, and it's pretty cool. I like it. She's got a single black rose in her rearview mirror. A white tank top with glistening sweat. She was a platinum blonde with a mischievous smile. A single black So this is Ujin Hunter and Friends. I think Rev sometimes works with him as well. Yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. You know, the Ujin Hunter and or Rev really, you know, came out in the best way. I thought like the simplicity of the song is kind of vaguely reminiscent of Bauhaus, but, you know, it kind of starts out more like the Pixies until the vocals come in and then it's it's sort of its own thing. And um, yeah, I liked it a lot. Uh, I think it takes guts and confidence to do verse lyrics that don't rhyme and uh, they deliver that in this song so yeah i liked it what'd you think paka i liked it a lot too and i uh, i liked it more after a few listens at first i was like oh this is kind of dry and it's moving along at a good pace or whatever but it's almost like too dry but then i heard it and i said oh i like where this gets to in the middle it's kind of sure of itself and it's moving at a confident stride and I thought again, first of Pixies, in that lead guitar tone too, Santiago like. And uh, I also almost could have heard like a very mellow BLT doing something like that, which I thought was cool, as far as comparisons go. But somewhere later in the song, I was hoping it was like uh, one of the last verses. And this is probably something I would have done, which doesn't mean it's right or whatever, but <laughs> I just heard it like going up like a, a full tone, you know, in the, the verse progression. I was like, gong, gong, gang, gang, you know, just something a little angular, but I always kind of had a hankering for that anyways. But I, yeah, I really liked it a lot. I thought it was better after repeated listens, which you wouldn't think for something so straightforward and dry, perhaps. Yeah. I really like this one too, and I immediately got that Pixies vibe. Something about the way the drum and the bass and that Joey Santiago guitar all came together. I, I was just waiting for Kim Deal to start singing at me, but didn't quite happen. Good vocals too. Yeah, but one thing that I noticed about the vocals is that I thought that they were pretty much the same all the way through, and there wasn't a lot of change up. Like they're doubled. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't really change. You get the same vocal sound from verse to chorus and to verse. True. Also, there's like a line in the verse that line about the rose in the rearview mirror, the black rose in the rearview mirror, which I think is a cool line and a cool idea, but mm. it gets repeated twice in each verse. 
And so, like, you know, it's just, like, more of the non-variation. And there's not a lot of change in instrumentation or melody or feel or dynamics between the verse and the chorus. So I think there's room for improvement there and just changing things up. But uh, I also like this, too. I love the way he sings, like, lines, like, about the, you know, eclectic mix on the cassette deck and the pale silhouette. I just thought those were really cool lines and really delivered well. Good stuff, but I think it could have used a little bit more variation. Yeah. Maybe that's what I thought of when it was chugging along in the middle. It hit its stride and maybe it wore it off or something. I had a really petty criticism, which is I, I think the lead guitar should have been tuned. Um, but <laughs> did it sound out of tune to you? It did. Some of those notes that are held, it's just kind of like, you can bend that up <laughs> or you can tune your guitar. <laughs> you know, it's... <laughs> It's fine the way it is. I'm still enjoying it. I still voted for it. Very, very happily voted for it. But, you know, there's knobs at the top of your guitar for something. You know? <laughs> Use the knob. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Let us talk about Don Mattingly's mustache. When I met you, you had a boyfriend. But me, I didn't care. Now we're together till the end And your boyfriend, he's still there Your love is like liquid stars And I wanna drop it in a tequila sunrise I love your love is my own mind Mine and several other guys Your love is like liquid stars And I wanna drop it in a tequila sunrise I love your love is mine all mine Mine and several other guys Don Mattingly was apparently a baseball player, according to JB's board post. And there's like this great gif of him and his mustache is like quivering. It's like an animated gif. So that's pretty cool. I could hear JB's invisible hand on the production right away. Like the drums just sound really huge and clean. There's this like fuzz bass line that just slides in right at the start. It just sounds really cool. So I thought, oh, JB's on the knobs. You can tell it sounds really good. Do you um, remember Marcus from back in the day, Paco? I do. He had already been around. He was already established by the time I showed up. But, uh, he still did, had a couple of submissions. He wrote some reviews, which were well thought out. I want to say he was working at like a radio station at Idaho College or something. Cool. And was uh, tied in with Spud. So, yeah, I always liked him. I think the comments I put about him and this were, you know, classic voice, you know, wobbly but genuine. Mm-hmm. I know which I always enjoyed about him. Good lyrics. Yeah, his vocals really cut through the mix. I think that they're heavily compressed, and you can hear just pretty much every nuance in his voice, which sounds, like, really clear and really present. Yeah. He'd be great doing, like, swinging numbers, you know, type thing or something. I don't know. I enjoy his voice, but, you know, look where that's coming from. JB did great things with it. Yes. Very JB chorus. Yeah, yeah. Charging, galloping away, and... Let's sing along together. No, thing going like, on there. you're never wondering where the chorus is in this song. Because, like, the oh, difference no. between verse and chorus is just like, blam, here's the chorus and it's in your face. Yeah, hit the gas. It, uh, it works, though. You know, it, it starts off charging on down the road and it takes you with it. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And that sort of intro to the whistle solo was very funny, <laughs> too. I mean, I, I just like, love that. He starts singing the chorus. He's like, oh, Shit, are we not at the chorus? 
Like, <laughs> it's like, well, no, he says like, and this is where the solo goes. And so I was kind of like, you know, the first time you listen to it, you're expecting a guitar solo or something. But that aspect of it is kind of like, you know, whenever I send like a pitch to Chumpy, where I send like the melody and the lyrics that I have, and it's usually like played on an acoustic guitar or, or whatever. And whatever I don't have yet, I just kind of mumble and and here's where the bridge goes next. So I, I'm like singing and then I automatically say, up oh, and then there's a guitar solo instead of actually putting in a guitar solo because that comes later in the production of the song. And this sounded right, so much right. like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, and this the, here's, a, here's a little placeholder for that. But instead of cutting that out, they're like, oh, okay, I'm just going to do a solo. And he whistles and, that's, and it's fun. <laughs> it's, it's really fun. It's fun. It's funny. And- yeah. Yeah, the song is like it's so quirky yeah. and instantly appealing, and it's it's a very, it's a very fun, very song fighty song fight song. You know what I mean? Yeah, very yeah, good fun, loose. Well, you know what's weird is that the the lyrics are loose, like and the singing is loose, like everything that Marcus is doing is loose, but everything that JB is doing is like extremely focused and picky on the details. So it's like it's yeah. kind of a nice like mixture of looseness and extreme focus. Like there's that section, yeah. you know how like on the second to the last chorus, you often like drop everything out and it's just like really quiet except for the vocals and maybe some yep. like light drums. In this section that is so good. And JB's got some really great ooh backing vocals that really shine here. Like, that whole section is really good, and then the build-up at the end just sounds that much more epic because it was stripped down before the build-up. Great stuff. There's just some really nice production touches that JB throws in there, so there's a lot of wonderful stuff to listen to. Yeah, but it was still loose with the you know, solo now type stuff going on. And, yeah. Uh, the listing of names felt raw, you know. <laughs> Got that uh, it yeah. felt spontaneous. I'm sure he's reading enough a script or something, but still, like, yeah, and this guy too, you know. <laughs> I think there was like a couple of girls in there too. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so dorky at the end. It's so funny. We'll see you later. But yeah, this is going to be nice. a very popular one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Good fun. And that, that, that line, uh, why do you got so many guys that he ends repeating? That sounded familiar to me and I, I couldn't place it. So it's, pr- it's probably not something that I've heard before, but it does sound you know, like reminds me of maybe the Violent Femmes or maybe an earlier song fight <laughs> entry or something. Like that. Or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I don't know. Yeah, a couple and of the, there's not a rhyme here that goes with anything. Uh, schools out or kicks uh, hit bowling or something. You know, right? And the, the guitar work was good too. I just want to shout out to that. I thought it was yeah. good, yeah, inventive, interesting. Yeah, yeah, good to listen to. Yeah. Loose so, and tight. Yeah, right on. All right, so next up we've got Glenn Case. Cosmos on my lips, liquid starshine. 
Glenn Case is, you know, reliably great. This might not be the most promoted hit single on his album, but it's really good and really solid and very enjoyable. It's got great vocal work, and I like how he ends the song on that odd choice of a chord where it kind of leaves you hanging yeah. for the next song, you know, in a really good way. Oh, we haven't been mentioning this yet, but uh, the optional challenge for this fight was a three-part harmony. And so far, each of the songs we've been talking about have done three-part harmonies, and it's done, I think, particularly well in this song, as is not unusual for Glenn Case. And I don't want to, again, I keep on saying stuff like that, and I don't want to dismiss a quality element by saying, like, ah, as usual, just good, good vocal work. You know, no, I mean, it's really good stuff. So maybe not my very, very, very favorite Glenn Case song, but it's still good. I really like the line, um, when I get a fix, I taste the cosmos on my lips, which I think was clever good way to sort of solidify why the drug might be called liquid starshine and one thing i also thought was i guess there's this motif of you know sound sound and like at the end you know it's normally resolved you know it's like two notes from sound to sound god i'm just not doing this well but like at the very end he doesn't resolve it and just leaves it hanging which is which is pretty tense pretty ballsy thing to do which i think is cool and I think this is a more sophisticated song than you normally would hear on Song Fight. You know, and it doesn't rely on like catchy hooks or happy up tempo progressions or humor that sort of draw the listener in right away, which is kind of what you want to do in Song Fight since you're only going to get, you know, the voters only going to listen to your song once or maybe twice. So you got to hook them right away and make them think that they need to vote for you. And um, he doesn't really do that here. This is, I think, a, Glenn is more writing songs that Glenn likes. And I think that may explain why this one is probably not going to get as many votes as we think it might deserve. Yeah, that's probably true. Uh, I thought it, for him it was it, kind of darkish. Uh, yeah. Not, it's, it's certainly, it's nowhere near as dark as a lot of other stuff out there, or even in this fight. But, uh, but you know, it still had its sunny elements. You know, he sells it, he's always got that great, I guess familiar and now and comforting almost voice to us. You know, he's, he does anything he wants with it. Some of those harmonies are always great, airy and tasteful. I loved how he did the, the flatted stuff. You know, he kind of hinted at that ending chord at the end of a couple chords. It sounds like it's a major seventh or something like that. Or, you know what I mean? Not that I, you know, get all that stuff all that way, but he just, nah. It's like, oh, great, man. Just give you a little nudge in the chorus. And maybe they want the hookiest ones or whatever, but it's still kind of gave it a little. For me, anyway, mysticism, but something a little, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. On, the, on the boards, I think they called it a modulation at the end. And I don't know if he was really changing keys, but yeah, it definitely on sound, it sounded kind of interesting, whatever he was doing there. Yeah. Yeah, I liked, I thought that was a nice little effect on it. I was thinking, I said, if I had these tracks, I would redo that guitar in the background. It was great. I just I, I thought it was a little fudgy sounding. But it was doing these kind of accents in the background underneath, like just underneath the keys or something. These type things he was doing in the lead was great. I said, it's like to hear it a little tighter or something, but that's that's mine and takes just about tone and touch or something. But great stuff, of course. It's funny that we, I think we all, when we're reviewing songs, we tend to lean on the things that we would fix or what we would change <laughs> because we obviously know what's best for these songs. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> but we feel that way. I, I do too. It's like, oh, I yeah. would change yeah, this sure. or that. I yeah. would put or... an arpeggiator on there and a clav. <laughs> and... 
Alright, next up we've got Glenny with three ends. Liquid star shine. Left start us on my soon more of mine. She always wore her boots, there wasn't much time. She was quickly most leaner, she was so shiny. I thought she was so cute. She's dancing with me for one song turn three. Her gyrating hips were 30 plus tip. A five minute dance, a green bag of grant. She drove me insane. The glitter remains. I think he really nailed the doo wop vocals and sound. I mean, I love how he panned all the doo wop vocal pieces all over the place. I thought that sounded really cool. Some nice harmonies in those doo wop vocals, too. Like, occasionally some of the pitches are slightly wonky, but it really doesn't detract from the song, and it just kind of adds some authenticity to the performance. Like, hey, this is real. Yeah, I really liked it. I thought that the drums were, like, really restrained, and they were there to sort of reinforce the backbone of the song without detracting too much from the vocals. Like, you don't want thunderous drums fucking up your doo-wop vocals. So I think, I think that was really well done. I like the lyrics a lot, and the idea of Liquid Starshine being a sparkly body wash worn by a stripper was a great take on the title that no one else came even close to. And you know, lines like, Liquid Starshine left stardust on my suit, and uh, she drove me insane, the glitter remains. Those were clever lines that went a long way to explain like why the theme and the title of the song was called Liquid Starshine, so I really appreciate when people tie it all together nicely like that as far as the music went, it was great to hear something kind of a open and airy for him and i thought the lead vocal was actually very solid for glenn 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 from new york <laughs> is but, uh, i thought the lead vocal was very solid for him you know not as shaky as let's say when we'll get to the other one later i thought the song was easy going and pleasant with the creepy like under vibe even you know like Hey, you're just here having a good time with any case, you know. <laughs> I was kind of like, all right, getting a little, a little weird. Little you know, I'm not, I'm not picking on Glenn. I'm, you know, he's a great guy and all that, but uh, it's a character. Kind of a creepy element there. Yeah. Well, well, there you go, right there. So, so, so we told it well then. Always at it for doing a great creepazoid thing, you know. <laughs> I thought the fado was very appropriate at the end too. Most uh, fados on soundtrack going, oh my god, he's doing a fado, but. Uh, <laughs> I thought this one was, worked very well and uh, was, as he's kind of saying, hey, you know, where are you going? Type thing. I think I know where you're going to go with the uh, themes, perhaps. But the music, nice and airy, and I thought it was a solid vocal performance uh, by Glenn. Yeah, it was a little pitchy here and there. Mm. and Oh, yeah. Yeah, so there were parts that, if I were doing the mixing, then I would have pitch corrected a bunch of that stuff. Maybe stuff that doesn't necessarily need to be pitch corrected but it's still it's undeniably you know the best presentation of the optional challenge in this fight and yeah. i'm not a hundred percent in on the lyrics you know i get it but i don't think they're funny enough and humor is mm. what most of this song is really trying to sell 
I think creepy isn't just enough or having a nice sounding song that's about something that's arguably perhaps being presented as a little skanky or maybe just the reality of the strip club ish type stuff. I don't know exactly how to put that. But I'm still going to vote for it. I'm just sort of, I can't help but bring up the few little bits here and there that I wasn't so thrilled about. One thing I am going to laud here is that this song is a great example of the opposite of our pronouncements about phrasing and cadence and syllables and meter that we complain about with so many other songs. You know, a lot of those lines in this song, you know, shouldn't work, but they do work because the delivery is confident and smooth and competent. You know, there's that verse, liquid starshine, I see it on your shelf, just eight ninety nine. you rub it all over yourself. You know, that phrasing doesn't work unless you sell it like Glennie does. And I think that's key. You know, we've complained a lot about phrasing in a lot of songs, but about 90% of the time, it's probably not the lyrics fault. You know, it's the singer giving it an awkward delivery. And here, Glennie just very skillfully sold some weird phrasing that, uh, you know, if somebody else did it might sound awkward. It might sound off kilter. And, you know, that should be a lesson to people. If you've got a weird sort of a compilation of syllables then you're gonna have to make it sound good because it's not going to sound good on its own and glennie does that here good point and i think you may you know maybe that's why i'm uh packaging up with the good vocal performance too it's it's more than pitch you know it's how you sell it and i thought he was again a good word you use was confident you know, he sounded, yeah, yeah. Hey, this is my song i'm going to deliver it well and he did he reached some higher notes and i thought they were strong you know so uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think that was a pretty good for a performance. You know, maybe some of the pitch issues are there, and that's okay. But uh, confident, great word that uh, stuck to that performance. I think like right, that. and yeah. you can't just say I'm going to be confident and have it happen. Like you really got to believe it. It's not yeah. easy. And he probably planned mm. it out too. I mean, it's like that. Just eight ninety nine. There's an extra syllable in there, and he does it fine because he probably like mapped it out, or he probably had it in his head. Okay. In order to make this sound right, I'm going to deliver it this way. And then that you rub it all over yourself. You know, he probably had to figure out this other <laughs> sort of cadence for that set so that uh, instead of like the six you know, beats or something that every other line does, he fits everything in there. And it sounds good, you yeah. know, and it sounds charming. Well, and he, he sells it. He it's is good. the master of unconventional time <laughs> signatures. So. Oh, ridiculous. Yeah. Okay, should we move on to Hoblet? I used to drink liquid sunshine Back before the day You began to cast your love light All over the bay yeah. Had all the dives and beach bars Had order up that rain A little rum and our For a new drink, cause now I'm feeling blown. Maybe throw in some bitters and a darker rum. Yeah, let's take out the beach knobs and lose all the juice. But I'm not feeling old fashioned, so grenadine by deuce, and we'll call it Starshine. 
there are parts of this I really like. I feel like Hoblet has a really expressive voice. Like, he can put just little bits of grit into his voice at times. And he can also, like, engage his vibrato, like, slightly. Or, you know, he does a lot of great, subtle, expressive things with his voice that I like. I also like his use of gang vocals in this song. I think they come in nicely and add some good emphasis. And I like the tone and playing of his guitars, especially on the solo, which I think is, you know, nicely melodic and has sort of this, you know, neck pickup rich tone that I like. But what bugs me about this song, and I think hurts it, is that the subject matter is just dry and dull. It's hard for me to keep interested in a song which is essentially about, like, what are the things that you should consider when, you know, concocting a new alcoholic drink? Should it have bitters? Should it have darker rum? Peach schnapps and fruit juice? You know, this is just a boring topic. And it just really didn't work for me. And I feel like, you know, there are some things, some ideas, some notions that are just not worthy of being in a song. And I think, like, the things that you should consider when making an alcoholic drink are not one of them. So the lyrics really killed it for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. The, uh, the lyrics, you know, I get, you know, get the idea, but uh, maybe they weren't the strongest. Like, he could have turned that into a theme within a story or something, or just a hint at that early on and say, yeah, I'm looking for this, and this is what happened, this is where I ended up, or, or whatever. But it was still fun to listen to, you know, it was, I thought it was, you know, it's, 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 a little, it's like almost a little buried, not angry, but a little, there's a little edge just right under there, like, you could almost take off galloping and tear your face off if you wanted to. Yeah. Uh, you know, like whiff of punk underneath the surface or something like that, you know. I thought it would be great fun to play that song in a band as well. And, you know, maybe the parts have worked out and there's almost some higher, a little harmony with the lead vocal on the middle verse somewhere or something, with, or a splash of keys or horns or something, you know. And also, it could be a pretty fun party song because it's all like booze and woo yeah, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. I thought it'd be a great fun one to play. I said, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to play in on that outfit. That would be pretty cool, you know. Yeah. Goosey goosey down in the tees or whatever it is, you know. You know, maybe some of the ingredients could have been like, you know, tears or, you know, emotions or like maybe he was getting dumped while he was making the drink or something or or trying to come up with the oh. drink. Just like some sort of emotional angle. Yeah, just going for a party vibe. I did like the bass in that. I wrote down that uh, bass is a ball grabber. I thought that I thought it was a little growly and down low. I was like, yeah, that's I thought that had a lot to do with the maybe perhaps even the angle of the song it was kind of a little like almost growly or something. I to point that out. It's got a little bit of that El Rayo X thing going. I got the kind of keys sort of vibe for it too. I like this song. You know, uh, this might be my new favorite Hoblet song when it comes right down to it. You know, it's 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 got attitude and the vocal performance kicks ass and the melodic solo is perfect. Like uh, you know, like you guys had already said. If I have any complaint at all, it'd just have to be that the song lacks some dynamics. You know, it kind of mostly hits that one mood and stays mm -hmm. there throughout the entire song. But, you know, if I like that mood, then there's no reason to complain about that. But also, you know, no three-part harmonies, which, uh, again, it's uh, optional. <laughs> it's uh, optional is half of the words, optional challenge. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, gang vocals do not three-part harmonies make... Um, but I'm still, I, I'm still voting for it. I liked it. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll cast to vote that way for that one for sure. Oh, a great guy, man. Great music. Yeah. Genuine. Yeah, and just good-natured and fun and nice to listen to. And, 
you know yeah it's it's got all that it's happy i like happy music all right let's move on to uh hot pink halo our revolution chimes as we sort of twinkly dreamy sound of the song and i really like the sort of melodic change up on the chorus which i think is quite nice and the vocal harmonies on the chorus are probably my favorite part of the song in the chorus and in the start of the bridge the vocal layers are pretty tight you know but in the verse the harmony parts and the layering of the vocals is a lot looser and you can hear sometimes where they don't quite line up and where they aren't singing exactly the same thing and this looseness on the verse just kind of tends to make it feel a little bit uneasy and a little bit off kilter but i was i was a big fan of the chorus and i thought there's a lot of great sort of poetic things in the lyrics too like there's that line about dancing or fighting or the violence of light and orbits elliptical and so i thought that was cool this seemed very diy to me you know it's it's pretty sparse uh, the vocal melody is good. It's a little rough, though, and there's just tons and tons of reverb on it. And I always kind of am suspicious of tons and tons of reverb. I think maybe that's a way that people use to kind of mush any little roughness or errors that, or, you know, sometimes I think people hide against it if they're not completely confident about their lyrical performances. But yeah, anyhow, this eventually kind of works its way around to some three-part harmonies. But uh, I think one of the things is the only real requirement for song fight is that the song be entitled, you know, the title of the fight. And the title of this fight is Liquid Starshine. But this one is just blatantly entitled Double Twinkle. And that's even, you know, the title that they listed in their lyrics post, Double Twinkle, instead of Liquid Starshine. And that might not be enough to lose my vote for this song. But what does lose my vote is that the song, you know, just didn't really engage me enough to want to listen to it again. Uh, when there are plenty of songs in this list that I'm voting for that did engage me. And I don't know what would help, though, you know, to improve this song. I'm thinking maybe drums or bass or clav or arpeggiators. <laughs> I think maybe just the low end is kind of missing, not there. And I think that's probably what, you know, at least part of what didn't engage me. You know, there's no driving beat or no bass, or no thump, uh, no, you know, nothing to bring me along in this song, I suspect. This didn't do it for me. I hear you about the, you know, uh, title thing. That really kind of, I get a little bit peeved about that, too. I, I yeah. get it. Uh, and I'm not going to fight that. I, I think you should do the song for the fight. You know, it's, whether it's, Hasty aircraft or rushed out or whatever, but uh, anyway. But I did like about this that I thought it was a, a very good idea for something that could be done like a lot slower. Like, like I like the elements that were in there. I'd almost want to hear it more stretched out and 
not syrupy, but uh, I guess ethereal or something, because I like the way the vocals kind of teeter down and trickle down almost. It Maybe more worse. like more of a lullaby might it might work as more yeah. of a yeah I get it yeah something take it make it even headier you know yeah uh, airier and uh, stretch it out so it's almost like you know clouds or watercolor painting or something like that something open and not choppy it was choppy and a great ideas or the other you know the other idea I thought was take that song and of course it'd be, here come the best ideas in the world right you know, to <laughs> turn into a jangle pop song. <laughs> you know, quadruple, <laughs> you know, the temple of turners this jangle pop thing, like, and it goes off, it goes But I'd like to hear it all heady and gone, so I thought that would be pretty, like, whoa, you know, type thing to enjoy. Yeah. But again, rough idea, do the song for the fight. Yeah, I was also mad about the lack of fidelity paid to the title. Uh, Liquid Starshine kind of sucks as a title because it's just an mm. awkward grouping of, you know, emphases and syllables. Like there's something about the word liquid that it's just hard to make sound smooth. And, you know, she didn't have to do that because she just decided not to use the title as a chorus hook. So, I don't yeah, know. And we were, we were having problems, you know, with the liquid aspect. Cause we were like, okay, well that kind of sticks us with psychedelia or sticks us with booze or, yeah. And we were like, oh, man, everybody's going to do booze. Uh, we shouldn't do that. But then we ended up doing that ourselves. So <laughs> Took the easy you know. route. Yeah. So it's actually pretty cool when Glennie did the lotion and the lip gloss with Miscellaneous Owl when they found these other ones that really kind of brought something new to this fight. So I was really happy to, to hear all that stuff. But, yeah. But Liquid is a terrible <laughs> thing to put in a title. Yeah. It, it, it hampers you. Yeah. It's uh, this. That's a challenge, all right. Liquid. Yeah. What do you do, you know? Yeah. I'm sick with love for you, you know. That's <laughs> <laughs> awful. So, speaking of bands who took the easy route, next we've got Jerkatorium. Got a fifth in the drawer and a six in the fridge, and it's ten, so it's okay to drink. I won't quit my job, I'll just stop showing up And I'll wait here for the other shoe to drop I'll stop paying off all these bills And devote more time to the booze and pills Off the grid for a month or two And devote more time to you Moonshine's fine for Appalachia Prison's fine for prison wine Bats of gin can't end age liquid star shines just divine Anesthesia plus aphasia Leave your worries far behind I really like your slide guitar playing on the bridge on this one, uh, Ryan. That was probably my favorite part of the song, so good job. In retrospect, this song really needs a banjo, so you should have just... You should buy a banjo for the next time we need we need one. I've threatened to buy a banjo, and my dad says don't dare because he has it like an extra spare one, And he's, but I've, I haven't just gotten around to, to bringing it. And because I always think like, now when am I going to use a banjo? Well, I would have used a banjo. Yeah, it would have sounded great, too. If we don't win the, this fight, it's because you don't have a banjo. Yeah, and usually I just say, oh, you know, we don't need any new instruments. They're, <laughs> all the VST stuff is great. No, VST banjos are crap. Crap. <laughs> How about we put Paco on the spot, and then we'll... Make him we'll say nice things on, about our song. Then we'll gang up on him after. <laughs> Do you go on, Paco? Uh, I, honest. 
No, uh, if there's something if there's something I don't like, I'll tell you. But I don't know what it is, honestly. Because it's uh, I don't know how you guys do it. I mean, you know, people say, "Oh, Patrick, he's a machine," but it's you know, in some ways that's true. I'm trying to break free of that, but I don't know how you guys can put that stuff. That it's complex sounding to me. You know, it's, maybe because I'm come from a caveman angle and everything, but it's like. Uh, the rhythms, the structure, the, the chord structure, the melodies, you know, the harmonies. I don't know what he's doing with those. In this one, the, the two toots in the background, it, it's going to be some pitch-shifted vocals things that I don't know. I just, you know, <laughs> it, it sounds great. The guitar's all knocking me out of the park. I think it was bananas, the second one especially, with that big run at the end was... <laughs> oh, the guitar solo? Oh, I was dying. I yeah I, I've mentioned this before I can't be bothered to do a lot of extra takes anymore so I just do like one take and then push the wrong notes where I want them yeah. to be I I just yeah so cheater yeah, I, it I sounds cheat. great it okay. sounds great it sounds like you know it's it's just ripping guitar I love it it's so clean too you know yeah thank uh, you Logic Pro X for fixing all of my errors. <laughs> No, I thought, you know, it's, and I'm sure you've heard this before, but I thought of, you know, sometimes it was like, this could be in a movie, you know, it, maybe somewhere in the middle or near the, even in the credits, but also a TV show uh, scene, you know, it's just, because it charges along with this, like, but, uh, hey, everything's all right, but look at this, even though we're talking about, and I love this, the uh, the dedication to oblivion. I said, <laughs> boy, that's just a great, that's a metal title. <laughs> you know, I, the dedication to oblivion was the theme of, you know, like, come on, you know, you'll have to redo that in the metal style. But I thought this was great fun. The whole crampsy, you know, new kind of kicks thing. Let's find, you know, formaldehyde and just woohoo, <laughs> blow our brains up through chemicals and, and self-destruction. I, I thought that was, I thought that was a great idea with the get in the jalopy and go 150 miles an hour down the highway, uh, thrill ride of it too, you know. I like the way the basses build, uh, you know, the loopy vocals. The lead vocal, there was some great, like, you started soaring and getting a little high, and I was like, I'd like to hear a little bit more of that in a couple places. Yeah. You know, uh, but great. No, but it was great. Uh, very good voice that you could probably do anything you want with, you know, it's, which is what I try and think about mine. It's just it's such a goony kind of tune, you know. I loved what this went, uh, the whole song, the vocals were great, the background vocals were great, the guitar thing, the charging rhythm, I, I like how things, you know, you come back to the chorus and there's like some, a different pattern being played in the background and stuff like that. It's, uh, I love the subtleties that add up to this whole thing and you guys crank them out, you know, it, it, really, it's a, I get it. And this one's great fun. I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm not just saying it because you put up with me because <laughs> we've got a gun to your bumble, head bumble. <laughs> <laughs> so seriously that's what that's what i think i, I, I don't really have anything criticism i'd like cool. to hear the vocal maybe do a little more not operatic but you know maybe a couple stretch a couple lines out and give it a little little extra gusto <laughs> yeah i hear that yeah well that's how you end up in my <laughs> that's how you end up in my side of the record band too <laughs> Anyway, great stuff. Seriously. Cool. Thanks, Paco. Let's yeah, move on to uh, Kyle Rogers. Oh, we're not going to talk about our own song? Oh, did you want to? Did you have anything <laughs> to say? It's, it's up to you. <laughs> no, I was just going to let this one lie. But no, I agree with Paco's criticism. <laughs> like, uh, I was pretty lazy during the vocal recordings of this. So, like, everything was sort of, you know, within a comfortable part of my vocal range. So I only, like, you know, hit an octave or stretched 
like a couple times during the song. And actually, if we if we skip ahead to Kyle Rogers a little bit, I feel like he makes some really nice falsetto shifts into high notes that yeah. I think are really effective. And I kind of wish I would try stuff like that instead of just playing it safe and easy. So sometimes, you know, it's worth it to stretch. I think that we could have used easily an extra week to polish this song up and we just didn't have it of course you know yeah like uh, like i'd made most of the piano line really boring because i didn't think that we'd end up mixing it that high and also we i, I would have redone the backing vocals to better support the lead vocals if i'd had time and i could just hear a ton of stuff in there that i'd like to change now mm. but um uh, but also one of the big things is that uh, criticism that i had for glenny's song you know, this song also, I don't think is funny enough. You know, I thought the lyrics were kind of clever and, you know, that might be enough to carry it. But in, you know, in retrospect, it isn't. It's just sort of presenting this situation and it's not, it's not a really funny situation. It's just kind of clever choice of words, I think, for some of it. But yeah, not, not enough. You know, the impetus of the lyrics to this was that in the past, I'd occasionally kind of like find myself reaching for a bottle and then realizing, you know, that oops, uh, I'm going to have to drive somewhere in a half hour or oops, the work day isn't over yet. Or oops, it's only 11 AM. <laughs> uh, even if it is like a Saturday or something. So I'd then, you know, put the bottle down and there's kind of, yeah. kind of some pathetic humor in that, but, but not a whole lot. So, oh, and yeah, also, absolutely. also just to let you know, again, my PSA aspect, turpentine will kill you. <laughs> Formaldehyde will kill you. Do not drink it. Your organs will shut down, and that is not a cool way to die. So don't drink turpentine or formaldehyde. They will give you organ failure, and you will die, and it's not cool. Also, Bud Light and PBR probably will do the same thing. <laughs> Just over time. Yeah. yeah. If done properly. <laughs> If administered correctly, PBR will also cause organ failure. I really yeah. like the honky-tonk tack piano. The what? Uh, the piano in this one, uh, it's like a piano preset called Before oh, yeah, the Talkies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I think what makes it sound like it does, like it's played in a saloon, is that you know on the hammers for the pianos, they, they would put tacks on them. So it would, it would sound more percussive when it hit the string and a little bit louder. And they had to do that in saloons where it was really loud and you couldn't hear the piano play. So I, I just think that honky-tonk piano sounds cool. And kind of hokey, too, but in a cool way. It's good in, li you know, limited doses. You don't want too much of that. You could start getting a little wobbly feeling or something. Yeah. <laughs> It'll shut your organs down. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good stuff, guys. Okay, enough navel-gazing. Let's, let's talk about Kyle Rogers. Walls are closing in, so thin Squeezing all the life out The tunnel vision scars, memoirs A spiral through the night And it hurts so bad But it doesn't hurt enough It's still above the baseline the darkness comes and goes, but now it's standing strong. It's moving up the incline. And as the pressure grows, the steam whistles out. Don't want to have to resign. So 
bottle out, pop off the top and pour some liquid starshine. I like this song a lot more than people on the board seem to. I like the rhythmic pattern on the acoustic guitar. It's got some sort of nice hammered on melodic sort of bits that are added to the strumming pattern and I think make it sound really interesting. And I was talking about those falsetto shifts he does. Like he's singing along and he just goes up an octave sort of randomly and then comes back down and goes into his falsetto. And I think that sounds really cool and really effective. And there's some great stuff in the lyrics. Like there's a line that goes, and it hurts so bad, but it doesn't hurt enough. It's still above the bass line. And then later in the song, as it goes to the end, it goes, and it hurts so bad more than enough. It's way beyond the bass line. I don't know. I just thought that was really cool. But what kind of makes this song sound a little bit weird and a little bit wrong is that there are these words that he emphasizes in kind of an exaggerated, over-the-top sort of way. It doesn't really fit in with the overall sort of darker mood of the song. It actually sounds like a little bit comical. And I think like if he were to tamp down some of those emphasized, like yelped-out sort of words and phrases, it would really help. And this was a really intriguing song for me. Like, I tried to figure out what the lyrics were about. There's a lot of good stuff to hear there. Even though it's like four and a half minutes long, I probably listened to the song like five or six times. And uh, I think Kyle Rogers has a lot of potential. And I hope he, you know, becomes a song fight regular and joins the boards because I'd like to hear more of his songs and, I, and I'd want to, you know, be able to read the lyrics. So if you're listening, Kyle, which you're probably not, get on the boards. Right on, man. Keep on doing it. Sounds great. I liked it a lot. I didn't think I would. You know, sometimes on Song Fight, the length is intimidating. The four minutes ago, oh, geez, what is this? An epic, you know. But I liked the progression. I thought the guitar was well played and had some feeling in it. It was loose. I'd like to hear the, there's like two guitars on it. I'd like to hear them a little clearer and better played. But I liked what it was doing. It had a great vibe to it. And I thought the melodies were good and the harmonies were good, you know, uh, kind of accenting the main voice, I thought those were well done. It's certainly a good idea. They, they they felt legitimate, you know. But I, I had a problem, too, with the... I just wrote down, I said, the behinds. Like, he's like, I'm going behind. I'm like, just soften it a little bit or something. Yeah. Something in Dolby was a little... Not aggressive, but, I don't know, a little too electric for this or something. I'd like to hear it soften, you know, a little more uh, Pink Floyd David Gilmore or something, you know, or, uh, Put a little cloud, but, but I liked the motion of the song. I like it felt like it had nice rhythm, the fluids, you know, hippy dippy, like flowing like a river type thing. It's just kind of moving along with these good vocals that could be pained a little bit, as maybe the worst. But I really enjoyed the song. Keep at it, Kyle, please. Yeah, yeah keep at it, but I, I think he's singing too long in that lower register. I think, and I think that lower register is a little too low for his voice. I mean, he's he's hitting the notes and everything. He's able to sing it, but I don't think it's an ideal sort of a sound for his voice. And when he sings that same part, you know, the the next verse with another voice an octave up behind the lead, I think that other voice an octave up sounds a lot better. 
So like maybe the low register singing should have been a backing vocal and the octave should have been the lead. I, again, we're making his song for him and we shouldn't do that, but, uh, I think well, it might have been a better well, choice. Well, so maybe he'll let him, maybe if he does listen or you know hear this or whatever, he, maybe he'll still well, maybe he'll try that or you know screw you guys all the way yeah. else. Well, since he did both, knows. it's I'm I'm sure it was like a, a an artistic choice for him to to do the yeah. low register or maybe he uh, that I guess maybe that's the other thing. Maybe he just thinks he sounds great in that lower register when I think an octave up sounds better for his voice. Um, well, and, and for. And certainly t- he's got to take the chances, you know, uh, yeah. uh you, you got to be risky. It's, it sometimes it pays off, you know, I, I think I'm a testament to that. I've had, uh, <laughs> I've had a couple of moments where things don't sound like, uh, you know, someone throwing a cat in a fire or something. You got to go for it. Yeah. You know, give it some dust though. And, you know, yeah. There's no it. stakes, no stakes at all. So just go for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'll try again, or you know, adjust so you do the right thing. The words you can't jump over the table, or you jump over the chair, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> other than all that, those octaves are not harmonies; they're just octaves. So I don't think it really meets the optional challenge. Not that it matters. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I thought it was better than average G and G. But you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's good. Yeah, Floyd it up, man. Yeah. Next up, we've got Miscellaneous Owl. This reminds me a bit of a band called Zoloff, the Rock and Roll Destroyer, which I'm not sure if anybody's heard of except for me, but it's great driving power pop. I think the vocals are mostly too quiet, though, and there's tons of reverb, and I think maybe a lighter hand on that reverb because she's got a great voice. But yeah, I like the Mellotron. The lyrics are great. The vocal performance is great, too. I just think it needs some volume everywhere except in just a couple of places where it really comes to the front. So maybe some either automation or this compression thing that you tell me about occasionally that I still don't understand. Um, but like like that uh, that line that goes, oh, sister, I'm trying to reach you. is That's loud. Is, yeah, it's loud. It's good. And it's effective that it's you know comes out like that. But it shouldn't come out like that at the expense of the rest of the vocal performance or at least not the rest but a lot of the vocal performance is kind of in the background too much i thought yeah and it pops out of the mix yeah it's still a great song still voting for it but yeah that's kind of like the only complaint i had i really enjoyed reading the lyrics and i'm glad that she posted them because i wouldn't have caught like half of the references like i wouldn't have caught any of them so it's cool that she posted the lyrics and You know, certain words and phrases had links to Wikipedia articles so you could figure out why they were there, which I thought was really cool. So she put a lot of effort into the lyrics, like this whole theme of the protagonist being stuck in like a larval phase of her development while her sister is like metamorphosized into a cooler, more socially accepted form than her. 
I thought that was really cool. I like the lo-fi production and the fuzzy guitars and the vocal melodies and style kind of reminded me of like 90s Olympia Riot Girl music, which I like, like Heavens to Betsy or Slater Kinney or something. It's pretty cool. My complaint was is that certain parts of the vocal did pop out, like you mentioned, but there's also some low-end mud that make it even harder to make out the lyrics and the kick drum is like sort of slappy sounding and it, it also pops weirdly out of the mix. And I think you could have tamed some of those negatives while still keeping the raw lo-fi sound, but those are pretty minor complaints for a pretty good song. I love this song. If I had to pick only one to go for, I would probably assign it to this one. I just, yeah. I, I thought it was great fun. It's a mess production wise. A lot of the stuff is it's muddy, uh, cavernous, you know, uh, <laughs> at times, but, uh, I wrote down that it's, you know, it's like sludgy caramel, you know, it made me think of like Liz Fair singing with L7. I hate to do the comparison, but that's one of the things that came up. And uh, I thought it was great. They had hooky moments, a hooky progression and melody. Uh, I would have loved to hear that bridge section. It gets, that's when it really gets lost, I think, as far as everything's going on at the same time into this kind of general boominess. I'd love to hear some sparkle there, like trickling down sparkle, you know, the bright and airy and heady and spacey. And then here comes that verse again. Like it's just a, a slab of meat. It's like, oh, you know, came with that heaviness again. Uh, but, but those voices were stacked like voice of the beehive or something, you know, these sweet, tighten it up. But it was good. It had a great swing and a swagger, you know, some grunginess, but there was melodies that were delicious and tasty that kind of came and went. It was, uh, nuggets of tastefulness going up. I really dug that song. I thought it was great fun. I like the overall vibe. When it was put together, it just, you know, it, it feels kind of real. Not, you know, warts and all type thing. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, alphabetically, we have Steely Dan. <laughs> all right. Oh, no, wait. wait it wait. sounds like Steely Dan, but it's not Steely Dan. It's, it's Paco, Paco Del Stinko. Not as good as Steely Dan, man. <laughs> you know, uh, I have Steely Dan in my notes too, Ryan. You suck. <laughs> I think it's like the harmonized guitar licks at the intro, and it's like there's a call and response thing going on where the harmonized guitar licks do like something, and then Paco responds with his like harmonized scat vocals, and it sounds like really jazzy at the start. And I think that's the Steely Dan thing that you're thinking of. Yeah, yeah, it's it's got that boodle-doop, it's got the kind of bodhisattva, steely Dan. <laughs> yeah. It's just epic and awesome, and uh, just love it. So, yeah. When, when I say steely Dan, I mean that in the very, very best way. And that slide guitar work is oh. amazing. But I think I'm going to need some help determining what uh, some of that instrumentation is. There's a like, theremin, it, dude. I heard a theremin. Is that like between the uh, first chorus and the second verse, that little instrumental interlude, what, what's all that stuff in there? That's just a slide. I put it under the vocal, kind of imitating the vocal. But I had this really wild 
fast vibrato. It's like going like probably on, uh, touching either side of the fret. So it was... uh, maybe that's why I thought it was a theremin. I know that wasn't really the uh, intense, but it came out. I was like, "That's not really a theremin." You know, like, <laughs> uh, so obviously I kept it because it was so dirty. You know, it's, I, I like that touch. Thank you for noticing that. I thought that was kind of it's probably my favorite part. This almost you know spooky one line of uh, but uh, it's kind of acting as the chorus. I guess really, right? There's not really a chorus in the song. But. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's why. Yeah, it's one of the one of the awesome things. I think you're probably one of, if not the artist, where I more often than any other artist will say, like, "What the hell is he doing in there?" <laughs> right, right. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? What is that? And yeah. So yeah, just uh, just there's, wonderful. There's so much sound going on, like in the chorus and the instrumental section that's after the chorus. Mm-hmm. There's that thing that I think sounds like a theremin that really that really wide vibrato on the guitar. And then there's like a bunch of layered guitars and backing vocals. And then there's all of these interwoven little melodic phrases that are kind of like, you know, call and response at different times in the melody. That just sound really cool. And I like the spooky spoken word breakdown too. That's, (laughs) I mean, um, that's like, it it does bring you down a little bit, but it's worth it because Mm. it sets up that, sort of chugging, growling, and barking spin-up that you do to get back to the final section. Like, it just it just sounds really cool. I don't know if those are, like, weird animal sounds or, like, grunts or something, but it almost feels like there's this engine that's kind of spinning back up as it's gaining momentum, and then it just brings you into the end of the song, which is really a cool effect. Yeah, like, hey, that's nice to see. Uh, it was, you know... I, it, I'm not like a, someone to tap into some primal rage type thing, but I was trying to do something kind of, I don't know, trying to go blank and do this almost uh, Doors type thing or something. Jim Morris, you know, the, not that, believe me, I'm not trying to be like that guy, but, <laughs> but I don't know, something a little, I don't know, out of, out of my zone, you know, and I thought that it got really dark there, but really uh, heady and trippy. I was kind of pleased with the way it came up with some slide, the tension going up, that same slide going up high with, voice is kind of half whispery, half shouted, mimicking the lead on the voice order. I don't know, yeah, I was playing with aspects of that, and that song I actually did, uh, Drums First. It's a, I'm trying to stir things up lately, get out of factory or machine mode. You know, I have a buddy that always does drums first, and over the years, he can't always do drums first. But this uh, song, I started drums first. Oh, like yeah. when you're composing, you kind of lay down the, the drum fundamentals first? Yeah, drums first. That's uh, the big thing about that song was I started with drums and built it from the bottom up, I guess. Cool. Uh, That was, yeah. What do you normally start with? I like to have lyrics because sometimes it can map what you want to do and where you want to go. Like, these sound like kind of country lyrics or something trippy or metal or pop, you know, and then try and chase that down and I probably never get where (laughs) it is. I set out to go, but you end up on something, and you know this this works. So keeping it. Oh, interesting! Yeah. So, but this time around, you kind of started with the drums. Yes, which I don't like to do necessarily, but I think it, for better or worse, it kept things a little more open. You know. It, yeah, it kind of turned into two songs more or less, or maybe three, because like the the first half and the second half, 
you, you would not be able to predict the second half after listening to the first half. You know what I mean? Indeed. And uh, there's the flaw in drums first as you get to that little last section, and it just kind of goes by once. You know, it's this kind of chuggy, rocking part. It comes in, the song ends. And that's the fault of drums first, because you have to, without editing them, of course, Yeah, uh, you yeah. have to adhere to that. You just you put the foundation here, do this, you're limited. You're kind of stuck without with just it. Without chopping the whole thing up. Yeah, yeah. unless you chop it up and move it around. But uh, again, I wanted like a, it's trying to get something organic or spontaneous sounding on the drum instead of playing to a metronome or whatever. Right. Yeah. It works or it doesn't. <laughs> I think in this case it worked pretty well. Like, oh yeah, I really like this song a lot. I have a feeling it's going to be popular. This is a great psychedelic take on the title. One of the things I like is that the lyrics are there, and they're evocative and interesting without like really leading you around in a particular direction. Like saying to you, "This is what this song is about." It's literal. It's like uh, you can have your own take on it, and you can go a bunch of different ways with it. That's the nice thing about having vaguer sort of lyrics. So, yeah, mm. I think that was really well done. Oh, thank you. That, that means a lot from you guys, seriously. That, uh, I know you guys are the real deal, and I'm, <laughs> I like it. Uh, oh, it's, it's like a pat on the back or something, you know? <laughs> Well, I, I, I think it's ridiculous to call us the real deal. After, <laughs> We're the fakest you know, of the real deals. <laughs> yeah, after your seniority and your history and your uh, pedigree, I guess. I don't know. It's like, you know, this is epic. That bridge breakdown is epic. The backing vocal flourishes are fabulous. And you can't just listen to this song once. You know, yeah. and for both the right reasons and maybe some not so right reasons, you know, you have yeah. to listen to it. You know, first, it's a great yeah. listen and you want to hear it again just to enjoy it. But then you also got to hear it again to try and figure out what the heck you're doing in it, <laughs> you know, just to try and scan it and, you know, try and figure out what, what the heck's going on. And it's like, I, I'm glad that you posted the lyrics finally, but uh, but yeah. also... I don't think he really needed to. It was really, really pretty clear throughout what the deal was with this song. Oh, so, good. Yeah. Oh, good. Uh, you know, that's nice that you say that. Uh, I really appreciate that. Uh, I had a thought it straight straight away, but um, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, that, that's that's what I was gonna say. As long as it's fun. If I can't make high art, you know, it's uh, it's not wrong with something you can like a little bit and have a little fun. You know, was right? that pun? So there you go. Something like that. was that pun intentional? The high well, art. If you're not going to make high art, you can make art well high. <laughs> well, it is now. <laughs> you know, one thing to Paco that I'm we... <laughs> one thing that we almost always mention when we review your songs is just your yeah. uh, your use of dynamics is often really well thought out and really well done. And we, I, like when I'm reviewing your stuff, I often remark, like, oh my God, the dynamics in the song are great. Like here, like, you know, he plays the drums quieter and his voice almost goes to drops down to a whisper and then it builds and gets up. Do you think about that consciously when working on it? Are you like, oh, I need to have good dynamics in here. How can I do that? Oh, uh, sometimes it's absolutely by design, but usually it just, I don't know, it's the way you feel a song, you know, or you're, you're chugging along something, you know, it's a, it's a couple of chords and you get to a button. It just needs to breathe a little bit. You know, you feel it out. I learned dynamics when I was young. The okay. importance of dynamics. And then it 
would appreciate it in, like, say, the easiest example is Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Like, something heavy. You think of that form. And it's not about clocking them, necessarily, but uh, that whole idea of let things breathe. Uh, it's like I was talking about with uh, Owl Song, you know, that would have loved the sparkling bridge. And that verse would have been just, mm, I grounded, pow, you know. So, okay, so we were talking about dynamics, but, like, one of the things that I always bring up is theatrics, too. I mean, you <laughs> is that your influences, or is that just how you do things, or is that intentional to be theatric, or what do you think? Sometimes I try and throw things over the top, you know, but not as much these days. But a lot of it, I think, really is, you know, I'm trying to do things <laughs> I can't do and that's saying well you know with emotion and oh genuine feel or mourning or joy or whatever you know and it just <laughs> sounding like I'm on the banana splits or something so. <laughs> and that's okay you know if that's what I have to be vocals for me are they're a challenge you know I, I think I know how to use my voice but it's yeah, I sing on the necessity, not because I think I'm a great singer by any means. You know? yeah. Well, you still have a, a great variation in tone. I mean, you do growly very well. You do soft very well. And while I was kind of looking for some Paco del Stinko esoterica, uh, I found <laughs> some stuff there that I was like, wait, is that really him singing? And it, and it was like some of the video stuff, uh, some of the stuff that we oh, can yeah. find of you on YouTube. You know, I was I was a little uh, surprised that it was you singing. So, so yeah, here I'm disagreeing with you. When you want to, and when you want to, like, uh, kind of stretch out and try different voices and try different inflections and, you know, try different ways of presenting yourself, you're very successful. And and of course, it doesn't matter. I I just I like the the Paco Paco anyway. So yeah, uh, you're wrong about you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wrong, it will be, mister. Oh, that's great. Uh, I think I have a pretty good instrument there, but it might have been better suited doing cartoons or voiceovers. <laughs> you know. Seriously, you know, it, it's a pretty good instrument. It's pretty flexible, but uh, yeah. again, I sing out of necessity. You know, I, if I can have fun doing it once in a while, great. <laughs> I'll bring up bad reviews, you know, but that's and anyway, okay, you gotta do well, it. You gotta do it. Well, you've also piqued my interest now for the Schwaro, so I'll go check out some of that stuff too. See what other people did with your compositions. They were very good, really. Uh, it's the Berkeley Boys are in there. Uh, Jim Terrell, I thought uh, he just took one of my songs and made it into like a pub drinking song. It's amazing. Rocks Duran. <laughs> All right, some heavy hitters in there. Yeah, Fluffy made a dance song out of awesome song. <laughs> yeah, find it if you can. If not, uh, I'll put, I'll look for it too. And if you ever right. want it, I can send it over to you or something. Yeah, we'll check it out. Cool. Uh, what do you say we move on to Philipso?
Now, this is the Phillips brothers. This is Glennie and his brother. I forget his first name. And I like the backwards guitar riff that starts out the song. I, I think it sounds pretty cool, but I'm not sure if it's really strong enough to hang the whole song on as a motif. But I'm impressed that they just went for it and that's what they did. Yeah. Uh, did you reverse it and listen to it? No. Did you try that? Yeah, I did. And I didn't recognize it. Oh. So I think it's just an original riff that they went ahead and recorded and reversed for this song. And I like it. It's a, And it's interesting and everything. But but yeah, I, I was kind of like thinking like, oh, is this going to be a musical quote that I've heard before? I didn't recognize it. But it's maybe all the better for that. Yeah. Um, I like how the guitars sound. I think they're really well recorded and they rock really hard. You know, there's a lot of little lead licks that you get that blend in with the rhythm guitars that I think sound really great. I like the organ. I think that's a nice touch. And this is a case where the verses I like a lot better than the chorus. The chorus is like lighter and happier and is sort of like in a less rocking tonality than the verses. And I feel like the verses just really get going. And it's like a point where I really am into the song. And then it transitions into the chorus, and I like it just a bit less. I'm not sure why that is, just the, the transition from sort of sad and rocking to happy that just doesn't really quite work for me. I like the bridge. I think there's a mix of really high and low voices, uh, which I think is cool. But, you know, it's another section that's not as good as the verse. So I had struggles with parts of the song, but parts I really liked and then parts I didn't like as much. And I, I kind of wish there was more parts that I liked and less time spent on the parts that I didn't like. Yeah, there was a lot going on in there. Cool riffs and stacks of them. I liked this song. I thought it was loose, but okay, but it got a little too fleshy. I liked the riffs. I liked the chords. I liked it was like a warped version of Rush. <laughs> maybe yeah. too dense and loose at parts. I would have liked to have heard, say, some of the harmonies voiced higher to get out of the sludge area. But it was certainly adventurous uh, with some great guitar tones, maybe too many at the same time. And the bass, too, I think the bass of it, which was, you hear it at the end, it was all flangy, fazy, swirly sounding, all over the place, but some very bold and exciting ideas. But here's Glenny singing, perhaps hastily, uh, versus Glennon in the song, where he sounded confident. So here it's almost, almost like a sketch pad. Huh. Still, uh, a, a bold song. But, you know. This song somehow reminds me a lot of Glennie's My Favorite Monster submission, while trying to remember the words to the chorus of this song, I kept coming up with that monsters in the words we say, monsters in the alleyway. It just reminded me so much of that. This is a great song, though. It's got an awesome bridge. Maybe not a home run on the last line of the chorus, that liquid star shine. But, you know, you could say the same thing about that Jerkatorium song. Did the same sort of a thing. Those guys, yeah. Um, yeah, impressive composition, but reminds me of my favorite monster and, and maybe survival a little bit by the Kraken Lives. It's probably just, you know, me cluing into Glennie's very distinctive voice. But also, yeah, maybe he kind of tends to head back to the same chord patterns now and then or melodies-ish. Uh, yeah. It's probably my well, fault. I don't know. We all do to a degree anyway, you know, or some kind of core we lean on at times or something. 
Yeah. 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 For me, it's the we, flat major seven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For me, it's I. <laughs> for me, it's I never do that. How dare you? <laughs> I'm original all the time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're still in the peas, so next we've got Flebia. Smiles and walks away. She stares ecstatic in the days. This rhythm permeates the haze. It feels like we've been here for days. Electric army trains in the sky. We gaze above your moonlit eyes. And the horizon shimmers back in green and red and yellow. There's nothing to have my dreams in here tonight. I got liquid star shining my blood. I kind of liked this. I like this kind of the same way that I like a lot of the Ujin songs. You know, this one is kind of going for this driving feel. It's got that kind of semi-monotone layered vocal line and that crunchy bass line, the good synth choices uh, and interesting lyrics. I thought it's a trippy, enjoyable song. And I know, I know it's not all that particularly polished uh, and the dynamics are minimal, but I wanted to hear it and I enjoyed it. You know, I liked it. Yeah, it has a lot of the same stuff that the Ujin song does. You know, it's got the doubled vocals throughout and um, not a ton of difference between the verse and the chorus. But I liked it too. I, I like the heaviness and the bass and the growling vocals and the drums and the sort of druggy psychedelic lyrics. And I thought that the synth worked really well with the other heavy components of the song. So, you know, I wanted to just kind of say, uh, needs more dynamics, uh, needs more variation, but I ended up liking it anyway. Is this- I liked it as well. Yeah. No, this is, uh, this is Apple Vodka, I think is his board name. Okay. That's right, you're right. So you'd like this one too, Paka? I did. Olivia, I thought, had a nice, angry intro, but I would have loved to have heard a metal scream like, say, you know, a, a Dio, yeah. Ian Dillon, or like the creepy, cold, stereotypical vampire guy, you know, something to break up the vocals. The synths were a nice touch to a often boomy club mix. I like the dark lyrics some trippy references. It was, it was hazy. <laughs> I liked it. You know, I'd like to hear the vocals maybe something a little cutting through the density at times or something like that. But great yeah. song. Good fun. Yeah, that worked out great. All right, so we are now at the last P entry. So we're at Pig Farmer Jr. I think God likes to get high. Why Mother Nature is so strange Liquid starshine must have gone to his head It's a wonder we're not all dead Just take a 
And I could tell right away that this was a Pig Farmer song. Like, those guitar riffs really sound like Pig Farmer right off the top. He's got that sort of country Americana style that comes through on his intro. I started to struggle a little bit when the verse kicks in. And there are some kind of funny, weird lines like, I think God likes to get high, make crazy shit, and hit the pipe. You know, and this is just the pettiness in me that thinks, shouldn't he hit the pipe first and then make crazy shit? (laughs) Get it right, God, for Christ's sake. Yeah, yeah, hit the pipe first, (laughs) then make the skunk. And uh, the skunk drunk line is, you know, it's not not fantastic. It's kind of on the nose, and that bit about the making the duck is like a chicken with a kazoo added. I mean, I guess it's, you know, kind of funny yeah. and kind of grade schooly, but I-, I struggled with it. And then there are some phrasing issues in here, too, that I just couldn't not hear. Like, there's, uh, it's a wonder that we're not all, all, all dead. Like, he kind of stretches the word all out, like, awkwardly, unlike Glenny, who seems to be able to make some of those awkward phrasing things work. I feel like Pig Farmer often yeah. struggles with phrasing and... Maybe I just judge him a little harsher because, you know, he, I feel like he does this fairly regularly, but this is not my favorite Pig Farmer tune. I think this is like the third song in this list that was mostly going for humor and not quite landing it. You know, I thought the Glennie's Stripper song was, was was kind of in that category, and certainly the Jerkatorium song did not quite land the humor that it was going for. And this is another one. Um, it's like 20 seconds out of a hack comedian stand-up material stretched <laughs> out to three minutes. You know, it's like, oh, God must like to get high. Uh, he took a chicken and put a kazoo on it, and that's a duck. And it's like, okay. Um, Great. Yeah. You get this airline uh, food? Tip yeah. your waitresses. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How about them uh, local sports team? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, the, the Huskers. The Huskers. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I'm a sucker for that kind of song. In theory, you know, the kind of happy, sad, strummy, hint at stonesy thing. But the lyrics are a little jokey. Yeah. yeah, quite for it. It just felt rushed, I think, for him. You know, he probably did it quickly. Nothing wrong with that formula, let's say. Just this one. I don't mind the backing music at all. I mean, it's it's well produced and well performed, and it's fine. It's done well, but it's it's also just kind of there. You know, it, it seems like it's backing yeah. music for this. It's it's a little uninteresting, and yeah. it's just supposed to support the lyrics, I think, and it does that great. But it's not enough if, to save the song, I think. If I had all the time in the world, I'd, uh, or something closer to this, I'd uh, love to do one of his songs the way I do. I'm not saying it's better, but just because it would be so fun. I think he's this guy's, you know, he's pretty organic, you know. Yeah. Yeah. His guitar tone is amazing, and he can do a lot of country-type sounding, folk-type sounding music really well. And not only that, I mean, he's yeah. got some variation. I still remember his the sugary goo inside, which I just loved. I still think about that, how that was. Uh... Yeah, he really sings well, too. So Yeah. I mean, definitely he's got a lot going on, but yeah, this is just a miss. Yeah, next time. All right, and let's see. Now we're out of the peas. We've got Third Cat.
with an instrumental. Mostly instrumental. Mostly, right? Like, you can yeah. kind of hear Liquid Starshine and very faint and distant, trippy-sounding backing vocals, right? Yeah. Or is that just me? I think that it's, like, just really heavily processed in the background Liquid Starshine that you can just barely, barely, barely make out. But even then, it's like that's the only lyric for it, so... Yeah, okay, whatever. You know how I feel about, about instrumentals, yeah. Instrumentals. And even if this isn't strictly a complete instrumental, it's like, yeah, okay, it sounds nice, but it's a nice sounding song. Yeah. And also way to not deliver, you know, on on what I'm looking for in a song fight. So, yeah, I get it. I like it. It's fine, but it's not what I'm looking for in a song fight uh submission. Yeah, there's a hell of a long fade-in, too. Like, uh, I feel like the song takes a good one minute or so before it really gets going. I like how crackly and filtered it sounds in the beginning, and, you know, I like the way the drums build. I like that it's got a mix of clean and fuzzy guitars. And, you know, it's, it's a nice instrumental, but I think the most intriguing thing about it is, am I hearing Liquid Starshine? I'm pretty sure I'm hearing it. So I, I like that part of it. That was probably my favorite part of the song was just like, it's just so at the edge of your hearing that you're not sure if you heard it or not, which I like. I don't think that I heard that until you guys just said that right now. And that's it's funny. Way, it's way, it's way, way in the background. It's it's, it's not. It's almost like I can. It's almost like I can hear it like reaching me from that far away now. But. Uh, you can only Which hear it if I you like want it. to hear it. I think. <laughs> so, <you know? laughs> if you're if you're stretching, it's like, God damn it! How, why? Well, give me something to not totally disqualify the song, as if there was qualification and disqualification. Well, there's disqualification yeah. in terms of your personal vote. So yeah, yeah. Well, it's a pass from me for uh, instrumental. It it's convincing enough for the title, I think. Uh, and uh, I'm going to believe this guy did this on purpose. Oh, I think he did. And I like the music, even though I, I'm with you guys on the songs. It makes it clear. I've, I've had the same kind of complaint about other instrumentals. It's like, yeah, you can hear Liquid Starshine, but you can also mm. hear... My Cat's Breath Smells Like Cat Food. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can hear whichever, whenever. You know, you can yeah. hear Please Move. You know. Right, yeah. right. I still thought in this song, though, what uh, I liked about it, title or uh, otherwise, was it was simple layers, and um, the skill with that was which ones went in and came out. I thought that was very nicely done. Yeah. Just this on top of this, which is still moving, and then this kind of goes. Nothing really overstayed its welcome. It was very well put together. It should feel like... Whole he's got a knack for that kind of layering. Yeah, it's 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 a, it's a good painting. You know, sometimes think of things like that, and that, that was well done. Yeah, it would have been nice to hear, you know, a, I don't know something in there, maybe a little more vocally, but like some metal, like Cookie Monster vocals. <laughs> no, <laughs> Liquid not that. Starshine. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, but yeah, that would. Maybe a clav. Maybe a clav, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to Tim Hinkle. Stars shine at night so far away. One swings in close. 
Tim's vocals. I think there are a lot of nice harmonies here where he sings all over in his range. Like there's some really high parts and some really low parts. And I think that makes the three part harmony sound really good. And I think that he's got a certain kind of 60s pop or early 70s pop sensibility. It really kind of comes out here as well. I like the section at the end, you know, where he sings the stars shine in the sky at night and they shine inside me during the day and I think he sounds just a little bit like Ian Anderson from Jethro Tull I think just a little tad bit there maybe a little aqua lung sort of callback that I like <laughs> yeah I like this song It's this is you know classic Tim it sounds like kind of late 60s early 70s psychedelic pop kind of thing uh, which I think he does a nice job on so this, this was a vote for me I, I like this song I like that song as well and I thought more early 70s singer-songwriter Jim Croce thing than Dull. The way, I don't know, the way the melodies and chord progressions bend at the end of the verses and things. I don't know how to describe it. I don't have to. But I like the progression. I like the arrangement. Instead of it sounding like Jim Croce, it sounded you know, trippy or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. That was yeah. A, a bold and a pretty effective choice but you strip it back and you hear this guy singing g and g it would sound great yeah really you can hear that part of it it's songwritery sounding to me traditional but well done uh, nice voice you know this is something if he chose that we could work on and polish up pretty good i think you know i thought it was a good song yeah, he can yeah. really go deep when he sings too yeah I actually put a note that says, question mark, song up a step. Like, maybe just bring him a little bit out of the basement, but not go too high, you know. Um, again, back to the, we know better than you. <laughs> well, previous, yeah, previous songs yeah. of his, he's gone way, way, way low with those notes. So yeah. and that's something that I remember and that we've commented on in other podcasts that he's gone way, way, way low. And he, you know, he's, he must be comfortable in this range. So sure. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't mind this so much. I, I thought it was a good song. And mm. for me, instead of Croce or Ian Anderson, I got one tin soldier out of it. And <laughs> for the whole, for the whole thing, you know, it's definitely not the same, but I can't hear this without thinking about one tin soldier. And I'm going to say that's my problem and not Tim Hinkle's problem. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. So it's a wonderful composition, a lovely melody, a super vocal performance, and um, maybe some weird guitar effect choices, like maybe a little too aggressive in some of the panning and some of the effects. But, you know, I'm still eagerly voting for it. I like this song a whole lot. Yes. Yeah. 
very good, but and but a good point about the effects too. Yeah, it seemed almost a little distracting. Like like you said, you know, it would probably be even a better G and G song, you know, because mm. like that's what really that's the appeal there is in the great melody and the great uh, chord progression. And G and G with sparkly accents or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> You're really into the sparkly lately, Paco. <laughs> it's the title, you know. Yeah, yeah, it requires sparkly. Yeah. I agree. It does, you know, sparklers or something. Woo-hoo. We haven't commented for a while on it, but I can't remember. Was there a three-part harmony in this one? I can't imagine that there wasn't. But Yeah, I think there I was. Remember. Okay. Whiffs, I think. Gotcha. All right, so next on the program... Tron Air. Tron Air is something that is new since we've been gone. This is the first time we reviewed a Tron Air song. And they've been tearing it up. They've been winning and just having some great songs. Like, they originally came out with a disco sort of sounding song that I think caught our ears. Do you remember that fight, Ryan? Yeah, well, I remember it caught my ears because we'd been talking about doing disco and then they they came out with a disco song and we're like, now we can't do a disco song or they're going to think we're copying Tron Air. Those dicks. (laughs) No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Man. Yeah. Otherwise we would have had a great, great disco song. Yeah. It's their fault that we're not making music. (laughs) They've, they've ruined music. We hate music now because of Tron Tron Air. Air. Yeah. No, Uh, no, no, no. uh, I, uh, yeah. I I can hear Frisbee's voice, though, right away. He's got, like, so much mm. character in his sort of vocal timbre. I yeah. can almost picture what he looks like in my head just because of his voice. Even though I've never seen him, I have a mental <laughs> image of what Frisbee looks like. Well, and, it's too he's smiling, man. He's got to be smiling. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's two different distinctive vocal performances. Yeah, because uh, right? Furry Pedro sings up on the second verse, right? So, like, they switch off verses and then come together on the choruses? Is that how it works? Yeah. Well, and when I think Furry Pedro, I know him better as Balance Lost, right? Balance Lost, yeah. Yeah. Furry Pedro was a bit before our time. He came up with Topic Burn. They were uh, were good. It was him and a buddy, then most of them. It was jangly and angular. It was good. What was that again? What was that name? Carpet Burn. Carpet Burn. Gotcha. Okay. Mm -hmm. There's some great harmonies in this. Some like really high harmonies remind me of like Brian Wilson. You know, some high falsetto harmonies, which I think sound good. Some really nice production. And there's something in that reverby synth sound that sort of reminds me of water dripping. 
So this is kind of a wet sounding song. I couldn't find a lot to criticize in this song. Like everything just sounds really good. I was especially impressed by the way that they took the song's title without actually using the song's title. Like they sing uh, clearer than starlight in water, you know, and that's part of their chorus hook. Starlight in water could also be called liquid starshine, but you don't have to say that ugly word liquid or sing the word liquid. So I think that's very clever of them. I like slightly subverting the title or getting around the title, but we're still, you know, paying lip service to it and still to embrace it. So not a lot of people do that well. And I think that they, they did this particularly well here. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, that's a giant pool of talent putting the song together anyway. Yeah. Those guys and uh, Melvonium, I think his name is, you know, it's got this, I don't know, dream sequences and video game colors is what I was, you know, thinking about. And earlier when we were talking about reverby things, I thought of this. And so I thought they really did this well. The vocals and the, I guess, synth pads kind of in bed together, you know, just yeah, they're pouring down from this cosmic fountain or something wacky. You know, it's very pleasant, very almost wet. comforting. And when the vocals overlap, I'm a sucker for that anytime anyway, but very well done. Yeah. Some nice melody, but somewhere in the middle it started kind of forming like a consecutive melody line. But before that, there were these kind of melodic flourishes or something. You go, oh, that tastes good, and then it'll be just kind of something else. But man, this is just a tasty, makes you want to warmly smile, just like Frisbee yeah. song. You know, but very well done. Good, great stuff. Yeah. A salute. You know. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was a really appealing song for a lot of the same sort of reasons that all Frisbee songs are appealing and for a lot of the same kind of reasons that all Balanced Lost songs are appealing, you know, but this one is very mild, I thought, in comparison and almost to the point of like, I want to almost call it toothless, you know, it just doesn't really grab me and there's nothing wrong with that and there's nothing wrong with the song. It's just not one of the songs that I thought required repeat listens for this fight. You know, it was uh, pleasant. It was good. It was nice. Great composition. uh, Great performance. uh, Put together well. And yet, you know, I didn't feel like I needed to go back to it over and over and over again. Not thrilling. Not that it was going for thrilling. But uh, not as interesting, I think, as I wanted it to be. That's fair enough, I think, you know. I think it's probably everything we all said. You know. Yeah. Good job. You know, maybe you're not going to put it in your back pocket for the rest of your days. <laughs> yeah. All right. So finally, rounding out the pack, we've got Mr. Vom Borton. I woke with a star from my end of the world dream when you woke with a star from your end of the world dream. Synchronized sides, some low key screaming, then back to sleep for more dystopian dreaming. They've announced it on the news. We regret to say that sadly we must find another home. We've messed the earth up badly. No time for doom and gloom. We're heading off quite soon. The nightclubs are always open on the dark side of the moon. We're running out of time. So let's leave the world behind. Get fucked up on liquid 
And I didn't know Vom could rap. I think this may be the first song that he's attempted that. And... I'm not sure that I still know that he can rap. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, it's rhythmic. You haven't heard me, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's not it's not awful like it's rhythmic it's got a decent flow to it and there's some you know some good rhymes and clever lines if i had to criticize the rap i'd say like maybe that the rhymes need to be a bit denser and come and hit a little bit faster you know that's kind of a thing in in hip-hop verses is that the rhymes are dense and i feel like the rhymes here they they, they kind of landed at the end lines which is you know which is okay my main complaint with this song is that the chorus didn't lift. And, you know, this is a gloomy song about, like, you know, climate change and the end of the world. And so, you know, it's hard to complain about the chorus being gloomy when the subject matter is pretty gloomy. But, you know, I don't know. It's just it would get to the chorus and I just kind of go, Ugh. it just didn't make me feel great. And, you know, it's not supposed to. Also, the harmony parts in the chorus they're a bit pitchy, and uh, that kind of adds to the unease I felt, I think, during the chorus. So I thought it sounded considerably better in the, you know, the, the penultimate chorus, where he drops the harmony parts, the slightly dodgy harmony parts. So, you know, I think they were sort of a net negative rather than adding to the chorus. Yeah, this song left me wanting to have heard the Tron Air song last <laughs> I mean, I enjoyed that it was dark and heavy. I I love dark and heavy. But just as kind of an ending note to the whole thought, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. Give me some of that drawn air stuff again. It was, yeah. you know, it was a little kind of, whoa. I love the intro. It made me think of like some kind of underground, underworld setting, you know, this, I don't know, post-apocalyptic or something. But hey, you know, some some both. I think you know took some chances. It didn't always work, but you could grab what was going on there for better or for worse. You know, yeah. Just kind of a moody downer, and if that was completely the intent, then hats uh, <laughs> off, brother. You did it. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like it. Just very dark, and probably rather end on a high note with. Yeah, he, he knows he's last alphabetically. He should oh, yeah. leave us on a high note, right? <laughs> yeah. so, uh, he should know that he he's he's capping uh, every fight. So he should, he, yeah, he's responsible for closing. He should have a closing number. Uh, yeah, he no. he doesn't get any coffee because coffee is for closers. <laughs> we'll get a band called Snore, and it'll just be. Five Z's. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since he's the 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 last band on the lineup, he's got to make everybody go back to their cars, hoping, wishing they had another uh, encore. Anyhow, no. I, so I thought this was a weird B side. You know, like like right. that hidden track on a CD that you're excited about, knowing that it exists, but then you're a little underwhelmed at the result. Yeah, you know, it's like um, like you finally hear the MP3s of TMBG's first demo cassette, you know, <laughs> the one they did themselves before their first studio record, and you're like, oh, okay, well, I can hear a bit of the charm and the potential, but mostly I understand why it wasn't re-released. And the rap is fine, and the synths are fine, and the drum machine is a drum machine. The chorus harmonies, like 
Chumpy said, are a little pitchy. Uh, and I, I just think this song needed more stuff in it. I think just about any extra anything, you know, might have brought something more to the table. Uh, and I think if he was going for hip hop, then, you know, hip hop is more than drum machine and and somebody mm-hmm. rapping over it. And I know he had his synthesizers too, but I I just think there there needed to be more uh, content in here. Yeah, like a couple clavs and a theremin, and then he'd have something. Yeah, clavs and arpeggiator, a theremin, and you've got a song. Cloud. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love clouds, man. Yeah. I mean, it seemed hip hop heavy at the beginning, too. Yeah. yeah. But I, I like that Bomb always, when I hear either his name or uh, Third Cat, they're somehow they're linked together for me. And I don't know why. They must have shown up at the same time or something. I think they did. I think it's alphabetical. Yeah. Right? Yeah, also alphabetical. It must be the, who would you guys pick if you only had one vote? One. Well, you, of course. Yeah. Paco. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and not right. just because you're on the podcast. Does that sound convincing? <laughs> yeah, of course not. Yeah, right. Um, Listen, I've still I've still never voted for myself. That's wrong. That is so that's, this is what a nut I am. I said, you know, you won't vote for yourself unless you have the best song of the fight. And I really can't think of a fight where I said, that's the best song. So that's me being stubborn and whatever, but uh, there it is. Well, if you're voting for more than one, and you have to vote for more than one, then you have to be the first or the second. If you're voting for any more than that, then you have to be in that top group. In this group, you know, I usually say I'm only going to vote for half or less. This group, yeah. I'm voting for 10 different songs. Wow. Well, there are Damn, 17 yeah. songs in the fight, so. Yeah, yeah. For, so. Me, for me, if I had to pick two, it would be Paco and Don Mattingly's mustache. Yeah. And those would be the <laughs> two I'd pick. I uh, I love JB's work in that song. Yeah. Great song. I'm not a big sports fan, but I remember actively disliking Don Mattingly. <laughs> 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 You know, Boston area, the Red Sox, all that stuff. Yeah, great song. I don't know, you guys, I would put in, if it was only two, you'd probably be number three. <laughs> and I'm not saying it to bust your balls, honest. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't think we were the top two either. It's hard not to yeah. include Miscellaneous Owl in any top, you know, group that you'd be voting for, too. I mean, it's like... But yeah. then, uh, then I go back and I think about some of these other songs, and it's hard to exclude a lot of them. That's why I'm voting for so many this round. Yeah, I will probably end up doing the same. You know, uh, half, yeah, maybe on the edge. You know, I don't know about ten, but uh, probably seven, eight, or nine, something like that. Yeah, I voted for Kyle Rogers just because I want to hear more from him. Like I feel like there's a lot of potential there. I hope some of these guys do listen because since between the three of us, we know what everyone needs to do right. So maybe they can pick <laughs> a little bit of uh, and just put it over the edge next time. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you, th- you think of one of those like 
Hinkle songs and whatever we said, uh, do this with the voice. Well, maybe next time, you know, well, we talked about taking chances, but we'll see. Yeah, see I expect happens. to hear a lot more clav in the next fight. So. Yeah, we want a pedgator's clav and, uh, yeah. <laughs> Gotta love the clavs. Collabs, uh, not, you guys ever collab? Who did you collab with? Someone. Yeah, you uh, collab Micah with Micah. Summersmith. Yeah. All yeah. right, right, right. Yeah, he's great too. He won just last fight, in fact. Oh yeah, yeah, right. That's right. Whoops. <laughs> what happens he, now? Well, now we just yammer about whatever we want to yammer about, oh. like uh, like who we're voting for and stuff like that. But okay. you know, since you brought up some of this stuff already, we've we've kind of gone through it. Uh, let's just talk about general whatever. Now you've done Narine, and you've obviously done lots and lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of song fights. Um, sure. Have you ever done spin tunes, or have you ever been interested in spin tunes? I haven't ever done it, and if I'm not interested, it's only because I just don't have the time. I so I, I'm barely getting these songs out, and it's kind of a oh, I don't know if it's a stubborn thing. <laughs> it's, it's not just about beating Berkeley, <laughs> you know. <laughs> There's a dink part of me that kind of likes it. I gotta admit, you know, I, I love those guys. They're all great guys, but uh, kind of like, which makes it a little better, you know. Yeah, fuck you, get out of the way. You know? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah, I mean, one year I did, I did a uh, farm, mm-hmm. RPM album in a day, and I think it was three song fight titles all in that month. Wow. I had the time. I wasn't working. But it almost killed me. I didn't have a fresh idea until fall. I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I was tapped out. There's some great stuff in that month. There's some some of the worst stuff I've ever done. But, wow, I said, I can't do this again. I have to. And I'm older now. I don't get the same flurry of ideas you have. You know? right. It's getting harder for me to do a song a week. And I'm trying to avoid that going to factory I love doing this. You know? Every now and then they come up with a song I think is pretty good, you know. And so uh, I like that. You know, someone says, yeah, song's all right, you know. I'm thrilled. You know? And if they don't, that's okay. You know? Do you have a clear favorite of all of the songs you've done for Songfight? Of mine? Yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, wow. Under Paco name? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe Welcome Home, Frank. That one, it's the vocal. I barely did it. It was up high. I don't think I did those notes. It's about the Frankenstein monster. I think it's got some... It's got an actual little bit of feel in it. You know? oh, I'll have to check that but out. Bumped, yeah, it's, it's it's a pretty good one. And I think it went and made one of Nibius's, uh best of lists once upon a time. That's, I, there's probably others I like better that I can't think of, but that one comes to mind. And I did a cover once of a Melvin song, because he's involved in this Tronia thing, right? Is he? Is it Melvin? I think so. Isn't it Melvin, Pedro, and uh, the Frisbee? I don't know. I just knew it was Pedro and Frisbee. I'll have to look on the boards yeah. and see if it's Melvin, too. Yeah. It might be. Or, you know, he dips his hand with something here and there or something. But I did a cover once of one of his songs called Empty Wednesday. I said, boy, this song's great. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did a pretty good job with it. You know, so. 
Nice. Uh, but that wasn't my song, so, yeah. Praying Mantis is the song of yours that I think I remember the most from, from Song Fights. Really? Yeah, that was like, it was that a great riff. monster movie kind of song. And I think it had a theremin, too. I think it did. If it didn't, it had something imitating it. Yeah. I thought, you know, if I'm going to do music, I should probably become some kind of, like, horror movie, Halloween uh, music kind of guy. Because I love, you know, dark edges and characters and spooky voices. Yeah, right. You know, it kind of works for what I am. You know, you go, oh, I want to do that. I want to write pop songs. Doesn't always work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great you mentioned that. That song was great fun. I wanted a really menacing guitar riff. I think it pulled it off. Yeah, it was really well done. And the theremin is that black and white American international picture. Look, right on. Thank you. Yeah. I like a lot of your songs. One of the ones that really stuck out was... Uh, you're Tired of Talking, which was just, it, it was a guitar extravaganza, if I remember it right. I just remember being impressed to hell with that. And uh, I don't know if I remember that one. <laughs> you, don't, you don't remember every note of all 300 songs you've written? <laughs> oh, What's wrong with you? It's not 300 yet. <laughs> it's not 300 yet. <laughs> right, close though. But yeah, and then also yeah. Silent Advance, I thought was amazing. The pre the chorus or the pre chorus that dun, 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 dun. I, I'm not going to hum it, but be helping it out, man. Trust me. It's it's uh, just lovely. I I raved about it at the time, and I still think oh, yeah. it was the best of that oh, fight. Thank you. You know, it, I yeah, I don't know what to say. It's uh, I look at myself as you know, I think it's set up for a lot of high. Honest, you know, but I, I just love making the stuff. And, but to hear, you know, something nice coming back from you guys, you know, you guys are, I don't know, you know what you're doing. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All your stuff is always consistent and strong, and I love hearing that. And it's propulsive, it's melodic, it's hooky, it's clever, it's smart, it's got great sounds, great tones, and those bizarro world guitar souls. I, I'm going to do one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did it once a long time ago. We did this, me and my buddies, this song called Danger Boy. And there was this guitar solo. I punched in each section, and it is bananas. You know, all of a sudden, it's, you know, two octaves up, and it's beep, 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 down there. It's crazy. But you do it right, it sounds great. All that stuff you guys do. Okay. All right, cool. So everybody go check out Danger Boy. Uh, and ch I'll check out Welcome Home Frank again and uh, give that another carpet listen. Burn. Yeah. And you look at Carpet Burn. Carpet Burn. Carpet, carpet Burn. burn. Yeah. burn. Yeah. All right. Do you have and any shout outs? Uh, yeah, enough log rolling. On to the shout outs. Uh, to the shout outs. I will do, you know, a, a song fight in general shout out. 20 years. That's the, on the internet, that's a, like a lifetime yeah. for. Things. That's ridiculous. It's a great resource where people can do whatever they want. Bottom up, you know, top down, you're going slumming, you're a star, you're a, you're a bum, you're, you're a joke. You can do all that great stuff. It's what a great resource, you know. Uh, how about collabs? Let's get some collabs going. I haven't done one in a long time. So. But song fight in general, and to you guys, I love this podcast. It's the work. I, I, I don't want to try to. Uh, Imagine editing this tonight <laughs> with all the technical difficulties and mumble fumbles and all that stuff. So good luck. 
I'll appreciate it because it's enough just chumping up a song, getting rid of the cast. So, <laughs> more power yeah. to you, brother. But yeah, I appreciate no, this, it. This is going to be too much work. I'm just not even going to. We're just we're not going to publish this one. This is <laughs> just, just so that we can talk to you. Call it a night. Well, it was nice talking to you. That you know, I dug that. So it's like this is. I've never done this before. So. Yeah. And you haven't done it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How Orwellian. I love and hate it at the same time. <laughs> so let's continue with the, with the shout-outs. I'll shout-out to, you know, thanks Lunkhead for doing everything and for fixing those typos and for just, you know, everything that he does for Songfight. It's amazing the kind of effort and the work that he puts into it. And I'm always impressed and and thanking goodness that we have somebody doing it because I, I would not be able to at all, not even vaguely. Shout out to my husband, Andre. Thank you for all your love and support. Shout out to Brian and Alice. As always, do art. It's all good. We like seeing the stuff that you produce. I think that's it for me. Cool. I would like to shout out to Micah. Congratulations on your win last time around. Sorry we didn't review that fight. Uh, let's see. I'd also like to shout out to Fluffy. I know that Lunkhead does quite a lot of work on the site, but Fluffy, she's there behind the scenes making sure that, you know, the SFBB gets updated and, you know, uh, deals with some of the cruftier aspects of the site. So thank you, Fluffy, for all of your hard work and support. And uh, I'd like to shout out to my wife for her patience and putting up with my crap. And uh, shout out to Songfight for sticking around for 20 years and giving us all something to do on the weekends. Right on, bro. Both you guys, great. You guys are the best. You're smart, you're funny, you're clever, you're patient. Handsome. Give me that too. Handsome. Beyond uh, compare. <laughs> uh, both of you. I, I, I can hardly look at the screen and can't see it. Uh, again, I appreciate what you're doing. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun. It's entertaining. You know, you get to look at yourself a little bit in the middle of it. Hey, you're talking about me. <laughs> Great. Good job, guys. Seriously. Right. Absolutely. Keep it up. Uh, wonderful. Keep the music coming. Oh yeah. All right, folks. Well, I I think that's a wrap. <laughs>